0: When the game is over, the fun begins. Interviews, highlights, analysis, and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast
1: Center, Reed Wilkins, Reed Wilkins on Oilers on Radio. Oilers. 6.30 Chad. Gave it away at the Winnipeg line. Jack Michaels, Bob Stopper bringing you back inside Rogers. McDavid will test to slap or save. Rebound, score! And once again, Connor Hellebuck unable to control a loose rebound in the slot. And that was an absolute gimme for the second time tonight. You go long range on the shot, and it's punched right home. By your own guy. Patrick
2: Laine is destined to score dozens of memorable goals in the NHL over the next decade, decade and a half. But tonight he puts one into the net that he would like to forget. An absolutely bizarre one, some bizarre moments in the third period. A Patrick Linea own goal, shooting a Mark Letestu rebound into his own net. Turns out to be the difference as the Edmonton Oilers knock off the Winnipeg Jets 3-2. The Oilers sweep the season series from the Jets, three games to nothing. Mark Letestu has six goals on the season, five of them against Winnipeg, though obviously the final one tonight, he didn't put in directly himself, but he does get credit for it. Thanks a lot for joining us. By the way, the Oilers finally win a home game on a Sunday. First time that happens at Rogers Place, it's ten thirty-three. 33 Canadian Brewhouse overtime open line from the Terry Paranich team broadcast center. Uh, a memorable third period. I mean, there are a few other interesting moments that we'll want to talk about, but uh, we'll start with that goal along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins, and you can chime in as well, Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Rob, we were just watching the, the replay of the line A own goal, and, and like Bob, I'm still a little bit in, in disbelief even watching it over and over again. Well,
3: yeah, I mean, everyone's all over line A. I mean, Hellebeck's got to have it. Seriously, I mean, I mean, he knows where Liney's shooting. He pl- puts in the same spot every time. He's got to have that. Uh, uh, honestly, I think it's muscle memory. It was muscle memory for Liney. A puck comes out. I'm a goal scorer. I shoot puck, and unfortunately, shot it the wrong way. Uh, I mean, I've been around the game my whole life, and I've I've seen dozens and dozens of goals scored on themselves. I've been involved in games where players have scored on themselves, but never with the intent that we saw tonight with Patrick Liney. Uh, to me. I don't know what he's going to say after the game. I'm not going to if he was trying to shoot it wide, if he was trying to clear it. To me, it looked like he had a brain cramp and put the puck in his own net. And he put it in hard, and it it, it was shocking. And it, and it shocked everyone in the rink. It shocked everyone on the ice. You were pointing at Lucic like, what do I do? Do I put my hands in the hair? Do I go hug the kid? Like he's going to need a hug now. Um, I don't know if we're ever going to see anything like that again with that much intent, and especially. It, with the importance of the goal being a game-winning goal and a tied game late in the third period.
2: Uh, I mean, I gotta say, like, I, I feel for the kid. Uh, I mean, we saw Cam Talbot let in a bouncer from center back in the third game of the season against Buffalo, and and, and you were right, Rob, I still see the misplays of the mm-hmm. year, and that one is in, in the top ten when sports that has that looping sometimes when they don't have a live game on, and... And that one's uh, going to be in a misplay. I mean, he, he's got he's got 17 goals on the year. He might he might lead the league in goals as, as as a as a rookie. So the Oilers take the win. I just hope for his sake he gets over it quick and he doesn't define his season by Oh,
3: it. I, I I have no thought that 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 will define his season. I think he'll get over this very very quickly. I think he's a kid that everything you hear from him, he's a, a good kid that has plenty of confidence in himself sometimes you need to get brought down a bit and, and that did tonight uh great ones get over things very very quickly i'm sure it's going to bug him tonight and he's going to get a lot of questions for a lot of years uh it wouldn't have been as upsetting had it been in a winnipeg win mm-hmm. then he could take some ribbing and joke about it but the fact that it was a game-winning goal uh the thing with the other goals that we see we always and you and i got the tv on here whenever we do our shows and when there's the the always going on over and over the, the big misplays of the year. This one isn't, as, I mean, a lot of those misplays are mistakes. When Talbot let it in from center, it was a mistake. Now this was a mistake, but this was a mistake with intent. Like he, it wasn't though he was in the corner and he was trying to shoot it behind the net or, or, or he got spun around and shot it. Like he was in the slot and one time the puck dead into the middle of his net. And that's what makes this one so much uh, more odd than ones that you normally see. There, there was intent, and I honestly think he just, he, for that one second, I see puck, I shoot puck, I score a goal. And then it just, as he was hitting the puck, he's like, oh, this isn't gonna end well.
2: Oilers win 3-2 over Winnipeg. Mark Latestu gets two. Here he is for GCL diesel serving oil country for 45 years with genuine parts at wholesale prices. You got all that one on there.
4: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's I'm just trying to get a rebound out there. Uh, you know, hoping for, for Connor Luch to bang it in. It's uh, pretty fortunate for us that it goes in the way it does. Uh, good goal, we'll take it. Nice to sort of come out uh, victorious on one of these one-goal games that you guys have sort of uh, fell victim to lately. Yeah, you, tonight really wasn't our best effort. Uh, you know, I thought for two periods we were pretty, pretty lackluster. Uh, you know, the, the power play gets a big goal there, and then we catch a break on the third one. But it, it is nice to, to get rewarded on maybe a night where you don't deserve it. Uh, there's been some nights where we haven't. It's gotten away from us. So to, to get one maybe we didn't deserve uh, feels pretty good for the room. Uh, the fifth goal, I mean, or the third goal. Was what it was, but you've had some pretty good luck against the, the Jets this season. Is it just something that? Yeah, I mean, I, I can't really explain it. Uh, sometimes puck just goes in on certain nights. Uh, I think it's just coincidental. It, it's been against this team. I don't think they play me differently or anything like that. You uh, know, real lucky third goal and the power play. Uh, Connor Connor finds me in a good spot, uh, but I don't think there's. I don't think they take us lightly or me lightly. I think it just puck goes in these nights. The power plays that was ten of the last 23. I guess. What What have you seen? it's suddenly changed to be Well, oh, no. there's been a few things uh, I think our net front presence has been excellent I think you know Luch and Patty Maroon getting in front of the eyes and some pucks are getting in that maybe weren't earlier in the year uh, you know and then we've been scoring goals around the net it's not like it's been the long ones it's, it's been dirty ones second third opportunities so I think we're just we're getting to work we're scoring the dirty ones on the power play we need to you mentioned not a great first 40 minutes read that, Mark Testi. Thanks, Brendan. Brendan Ulrich, work of the Oilers
2: dressing room. So Letestu has six goals on the season. You know, okay, clearly he didn't put that one in, but still five of the six against the Winnipeg Jets. And we should talk about a very big goal early in the third period on the power play. Since Latestu has come on the power play, it's it's actually made both units uh, a, a little more effective, but specifically the first one that he often gets to play on.
3: Well, I... I, there's a lot of people that were calling in earlier about the power play, and I never had a fear that this power play would struggle for the year. Uh, there's it, just too much talent, especially starting with Connor McDavid and then having a Leon dry settle. They were going to set the table for someone. They weren't getting the shots on net. And they were, you know, passing too much. They didn't have the one-timer. Things weren't going right, so they put Latessa there, who's not afraid to shoot the puck. And he's going to get plenty of opportunity because he's got two world-class playmakers that are out there on the ice with them. And tonight was just a a perfect example, he went to the right spot, Connor McDavid at that point had two choices, he could have given it to Drysaddle or Latestu. He went to the guy that's got the one-timer and and Latestu doesn't have to get a lot of wood on it and that's the thing that I keep talking about with one-timing the puck or just getting the puck on net quickly. It doesn't allow the goalie to set up, and that one, it just kind of bubbled up and over top of the the goaltender, Hellebuck, and, and went in the net, but he got it off quick, and that doesn't allow a goaltender to face the shooter, to set, get his feet set and prepare for it, and uh, it, it was a great play all around, and it started all, all the whole thing with a wonderful pass by Milan Lucic, who d- went behind the net, found Connor McDavid, nice, hard, crisp pass, and that's what allowed the do to get open and get the puck in the net. So the power play needs to be good for them to be effective. Then scored a big goal for them.
2: Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. we have Greg on the line, and then we're gonna to get to Patrick Laine, post-game reaction.
5: Greg, thanks a lot for calling. Hey guys, how's it going? Good. Uh, that game-winning goal was a heck of a shot. Um, so does he get credit for a game-winning goal on his stat line, or, or no? Uh, well, Mark does, if you <laughs> <laughs> here's,
2: here's the interesting thing about the own goals. And Rob and I were talking about this early in the season. There are no assists given out on them. Because McDavid, you know, McDavid passed it to Latestu and there, it was an unassisted
5: goal. But you know what? It's nice to see that Liney has as many goals for the Oilers as uh, Pui does, too. So that's kind of nice. But uh, um, the other thing I wanted to say is that uh, offside rule need, really needs to be changed. Um, um, because even he, even though his foot's in the air, he's I, I get it, but it, it's... And, like, they brought the, uh, the the football reference where, you know, it's breaking the plane, you know. Um, and and it's just they they need to change that role because I don't see that being offside personally. I would like to know your guys' opinion on that. But I personally, that, that should be a good play. It's not hindering the game. He's not, like, 10 feet offside. And then the other thing is, how many times does McDavid have to score with 0 seconds left on the clock? <laughs> I thought like, he beat the holy clock man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, didn't didn't matter, right?
2: I actually looked up and I still saw point one ticking down but I, it didn't uh, did matter. Yeah,
3: I thought he scored too although they did show it on the replay on SportsNet afterwards and it, it was not in the net. It was zero, zero, 000 on the clock. Uh, as for the the rule the rule's been that rule forever. You, you, Your feet have to be on the ice. And so I'm fine with the rule. The players know the rule. If you're going to have a, a, an instant replay rule, well, then it's the right call because the linesman missed it. He should have made the call earlier. He missed it. I personally don't. I wouldn't have instant replay at all. I, I think uh, I, that's one of the things that's part of the game. Mistakes happen. Players make them. Coaches make them. Refs make them. Live with them. And these are the best refs in the world. These are the best linesmen in the world. And the linesmen they're pretty good. I don't know if it's ninety eight percent of the time they get it right. Well probably more. Yeah, so they are fantastic linesmen. They're the ones I mean the refs every once in a while you get mad at them, but the linesmen are good. So don't have to call them out on that. Then I mean if, if no one would have noticed had they not had instant replay. And that's my problem with the offside. Call. But but having said that, it was offside, and I it had was, no problem with them yes. making the call, and I had no problem with them pulling the goal
2: back because it, it was an offside that the
3: referee or the linesman missed that time.
2: I have a problem with the, the review process, Greg. I, I mean, here's the thing. There is video review on goals, but sometimes it results in a goal being scored that otherwise wouldn't have counted. All the offside does is... Is negate goals that are scored. It was brought in because there was a blatant Matt Duchesne goal in 2013 that counted. Now, in that case, maybe you could have the league call down and say, We no, we got to look at that. I say, Don't even,
3: don't, it, it, if it happens once a year or once every two years, who cares?
2: It probably, well, that Duchesne one probably has happened once in the history of the yeah, NHL. It so was offside by 15 yeah,
3: feet. So don't even worry about it. So, it's, it's a mistake that happened. Yeah,
2: or, or here's another thing I would say, and I don't want to spend too much time on this, but if you're going to have video review, then full speed. Then the linesman can go watch it, but they watch it at full speed. So a guy's guy's foot being like two millimeters off the blue line. But if they're going to do that, then they're going to have to do that on
3: the ones around the goal too then. So now you got No g- goals are different. Why? Because goals, that was puck, a goal, though. That puck, was a but goal. No
2: puck crossing the goal line is different but than that an outside. But it still resulted in a goal. It's not the thing. same play. It's not the same play. But why do you uh, get to slow goal, down? Why do you get to slow that because one down? Because it's a goal mouth play where you're trying to judge whether the puck itself was in it or out of but the net. This is a this is a blue line play where you're trying to judge if the foot was up or not. Right. But there's a, But there's a sequence that happens after that. Sometimes goals have been negated that have happened 30 seconds yeah, after the team yeah. crossed the line. You're right. You're right, but because the ref- linesman missed
3: it. Right. So, I, I, I mean, to me, it's, it's gotta be, if you're gonna have it, it's gotta be the way it's going right now,
2: or take it out completely out for everything. I'd be, well, I'd be fine taking it out for the offsides, that's for sure. The Oilers do win 3-2, by the way, that was, if you missed it, that was Cassian who scored on a breakaway. It was disallowed after the Jets' challenge for offside. Oilers win 3-2 anyway. Patrick Line shot the puck into his own net for the Oilers to win it. Here is the Jets' superstar rookie.
6: Patrick, I guess uh, just an unfortunate play there. What did you see from your end?
2: Mm,
7: I think everybody everybody saw what happened and <laughs> that's, yeah, th- that's that's my comments out of that goal. Were you
8: trying to play it in the corner? Did you lose track of where you were on the ice or kind of just what happened?
7: Yeah, that's, that's a good question. I don't know. Um, yeah, I just tried to, tried to get, get rid of the puck right away and... Uh, yeah, it was just a bad position for me and uh unfortunate goal. What
2: did Blake say to you on the
7: bench when you put his arm around you? Um yeah everybody just said move move on there's there's still time left and uh hope that you can you can score now to the right end and uh, just just keep going despite the final score tonight uh, did you like the way your club was able to come back and play in this game compared to last night in Calgary um yeah I think we played a lot lot better game today um, that was uh, I think the result was wasn't telling every, everything about that game uh, I think we I think the first first period for from us and the second were were really good and uh, but just you, if you're leading you have to you have to keep that and not always always let opponents score those couple of goals so I think uh, we need to improve that.
2: Patrick Liney courtesy of Challenge Insurance Group Challenge creates opportunity we provide Solutions, uh, you know, first of all, good good for him for talking
3: and just dealing yeah. with it, absolutely. Well, no, I mean, that's part of being a professional. Mistakes But some happen.
2: guys would, you and I, Rob, we, we know hockey players are great. Some guys would have hit tonight. And I'm, true. Not, I'm not saying I got a list of them, but I think some guys might have. Yeah, true, true. Uh, good on him. And uh,
3: But I think the first, when the question was asked and his first answer was the, the, the real one where he said, I don't know. And then they kind of tried to help him along. Were you trying to shoot it into the corner or whatever? But I think it, it just, he just blacked I mean, the puck was there and he shot it. And I, and it's tough, and you see it all the time where you think, I'm watching the game, like a puck comes out, and I'm like, oh, that guy could go top shelf on his goalie right now. (laughs) Well, I finally got to see it, and the NHL A kid did do it. But I mean, seriously, the goalie's gotta get across on that. I mean, big rebound, doesn't
2: get across. Well, it's interesting, the Oilers got two goals off juicy rebounds tonight. One cleft bomb shot in, and the other line shot in. Yeah,
3: it was the exact same
2: play both times, just different colored
3: teams the puck both times.
2: (laughs) Oilers win 3-2. That means a uh, $75 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation from Booster Juice and Oasis of Freshness in a fast-paced world. $25 for every goal throughout the season. Track the total on the Oilers page on 630 ched.com. 780-496-0063. We have Rob hanging on the line. Hello, Rob. Hello. How's it going, guys? Good. What's on your mind?
9: uh i i thought rob hit it like bang on earlier when he when we were talking about the, the liney uh own goal uh <laughs> you know i've seen goals off sticks off whatever skates everything else but i mean he was told rob you were totally bang on i mean he the puck came and he exactly just like shot it like it just it was just just natural. That's just what he does, and I, I just think he had a brain cramp. Totally. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Uh, I thought he had a really good game. I thought he got uh, man, the guy can't buy a break. Like, and then he gets thundered in the middle by three guys. You know, when he was coming in, um, I thought he had a pretty really good game, but he just can't. He just can't buy a break. Uh, one last thing. It's not at all about. Tonight it was about uh, just one thing I was. I wanted to bring up um, Markstrom or not Markstrom. Sorry, geez I was watching the other game tonight. Um, uh, the monster Gustafsson. Uh, yeah, like I, I won't harp on it, but I tell you what, like I really worry when he's it. Like everything that hits him bounces everywhere. And do you guys think that? We're going to be looking at uh, at getting another goalie coming in. I'm not saying get Bersuat in here, but uh, it's got to be something different because I really think that uh, Talbot, as good as he's been, um, he's going to need some breaks, and I just don't think the monster – is the answer like it's just, it's just in my mind i mean i mean you guys are watching those games too you, you i bet you you're you're just holding on for dear life too and you know when you watch everything that, that's going on there anyway i'll just let you go with that and uh yeah thanks very much
2: yep thanks rob good question about gustafson uh hasn't played a lot uh i've i mean i look i've Gonna sound sarcastic. I hate to sound mean because NHL goaltending is a pretty hard job. But sometimes Gustafson looks like he's all arms and legs in there. You know, he's, he's <laughs> like, got long arms and legs. <laughs> like yeah. he's kind of uh, he's kind of all over the place and sliding around uh, a little bit. And look at the last two games, Minnesota last Sunday, pretty good. Lost in overtime. You know, I, I couldn't argue with what he did. And then Philadelphia couldn't come up with a save. Yeah, I mean he's had one bad game. He's only only played played four four front to back, yeah. But
3: he's a backup goaltender. And, I mean, look around the league. How many backup goaltenders do you have full confidence in in coming in and playing? I mean, not a lot. I mean, that's why goalies play 50, 60, 65 games because their backups aren't that strong. I do not think that the Oilers are going to go get anything else over the course of the year. Gustafson didn't change his style once he became an Edmonton Oiler. This is the same Gustafson that played for all the other teams that he's played for. They scouted him. They thought that this was the best that they could get to be a backup to Cam Talbot. He's come in, and in 75% of the games that he's played, he's played very well. He will be the backup goalie here for the remainder of the season unless there's a complete fall apart, and then at that point, uh, I believe Brassois will come up and and be the backup. I don't think they'll go elsewhere because I don't think there's anything out there that they can get that's going to be better than what they have.
2: 7804960063 Oilers beat the Jets 3-2 we have Terry on the line Terry thanks a lot for calling
9: Rob Reed, uh, thank you for taking my call, and uh, a, a few things. Uh, first of all, uh, Merry Christmas to you guys, if I don't get to talk to you before. And uh, I'm, I'm sort of dating myself. Uh, I'm going back to the time where I watched Al Hamilton and Glenn Sather and Bobby Orr in junior hockey. So when I say that you guys have a terrific show, I'm, 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 I mean it. Well, thank and, you very uh, much. Yeah, and uh, I kind of miss... There was a fellow, an old-timer, you had Tom, by the way, that used to call in, and I miss his yep. calls.
2: Yeah, unfortunately, uh, Tom passed away. He was outstanding Exactly. To talk
9: to. Yeah. yeah. And I guess the last thing is uh, the Oak Point Flash gets a couple of goals. Good for him. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, I'll let you guys have a, have a good night. Thank you for taking my call.
2: Okay, Merry Christmas if we don't talk to you, Terry. I think he heads uh, south for some of the... Uh, Colder months here in, in Alberta, but we might still hear from him. Terry, thanks a lot for calling. Uh, tell you what, let's go downstairs. The winning head coach tonight, courtesy of GCL Diesel, serving oil country for forty-five years with genuine parts at wholesale prices. Here's Todd McClellan.
0: Is that it? Just the just the important people, hey? Are we wait? Should we be waiting for them or? I'm not complaining we certainly did um, we didn't do much to earn breaks in the first two periods we got after it a little bit in the third but um, you know to summarize the game and I don't think I should speak for Winnipeg but I will because I know that their coach isn't uh, You know, he knows his team's tired, and uh, we know our team was lethargic tonight. It wasn't a real good game, Uh, but fortunately we came back and found a way to win it. So um, we'll put it in the bank. We'll have a, a crisp, fast skate tomorrow. We'll play one more game, and then we'll get to that break I think that everybody's looking forward to. Yeah, um, I have. I watched uh, round one in maybe 09. We were in Denver, and we were in overtime. And Dan Boyle shot it from the corner, corner similar to what uh, Adam Larson did, and, and beat Evgeny Nabakov uh, on the short side. And uh, that was a win for Colorado in overtime.
4: Along the lines of just shooting the puck, testing, is that a big
0: reason why he's getting some of the opportunities yet? Yeah, he's test's asset, his biggest asset is his brain. He understands it. he gets it. He's been able to to play as a smaller player, not the quickest guy, but he's smart. He anticipates well. He gets himself into a shooting position. Um, Players like playing with him on our team. They really believe in him. They think that he's a an extension of the coaching staff. I've had guys come and knock on my door and tell me that when we're sitting him out. Uh, so they're they are uh, they're impressed with his ability to play and he's getting rewarded right now. Can you just in on that like, extension of the coaching staff? Well, just in the, in the locker room, his um, the way he carries himself, the detail that he gets it. He understands what is going on on the rink and he can relay it to some others maybe that have questions once we leave. Um, he's, he's very bright. If there's a coach in the locker room, uh, it's Test. Your power play scored some big goal, guys
1: in key points lately. 10 of the last 23. Is it just changing the put a Testo on that first unit and then we went the second and
0: how both we scoring? We've done a few little things uh, to the power play, but it's it's our time right now. Uh, I remember the the sky was falling in after we played against Toronto. We uh, we couldn't score five on three. The power play was a disaster. We made a couple small little changes, and now it's going in for us. Uh, it ebbs and flows. We're going to be talking about our power play again at some point. You know, we've got to get it going again. We've got to get it up and running. Uh, it's our time right now. The puck seems to go in. Um, I was concerned at that point that it would go the other way, uh, but the guys dug in a little bit. We needed a little, uh, a little regrouping between the second and third as a team, and uh, I thought we got that. We started to shuffle lines, go to three lines, and play different wingers, um, and I think that peaked their uh, their energy levels a little bit. But uh, we were we were a lethargic team tonight, and. Uh, Well, I I think your point's real valid. Um, You know, tonight's goal obviously would have stood in um, hockey three years ago. Uh, I think it's the real um, big errors that they're trying to remove, but it it gets to that fine right now uh, with video, with our video coaches, with the ability to communicate uh, from video room to the bench. Um, it's that fine. They can, they can see within half an inch whether skates on the on the ice or not. So, um, you know, it's the rules. It's, it's what we have right now.
2: That's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. They win 3-2 over the Jets. High praise there for Mark Latestu Well, and deservedly so.
3: As I was talking with Bob at the end of the, the game, Latestu's a fourth-line guy. And every once in a while he's going to get an opportunity through injury, through lackluster play, through needing a spark, to play up in the lineup. And he got it on the power play. He took advantage of it. He's very good with it. And he continued to get power play time. Uh, Tonight he had a good game. They moved him up. He played a couple shifts with with Connor McDavid. And the reason he's able to do that, and and Todd touched on it, is he understands the game. uh, and I appreciate it. I was an undersized small forward myself. You, you, you got to go with your strengths. And, and, and Mark's strength is his uh, knowledge of the game, his anticipation on the ice, is knowing where to be at each time. So now he can play anywhere in the lineup. You can put him on your first line. You can put him on your fourth. He's never going to be a first line uh, guy for, for an extended period. But at any given time, you can put him out in any situation, and he is. He plays first and last minute of periods because of his face-off ability. He takes all big face-offs. He's on the power play. He's on the penalty kill. If we pull our goaltender late in the game, he's out there because he wins face-offs. Like, he is uh, uh, like a mini-MVP. He's a guy that you need on your team because he is so good at certain situations, and he gets rewarded with it, and he did tonight.
2: Letestu, do the first star tonight. Clefbaum, the second star with his fifth of the season. Perot from the Jets, the third star, our fourth star of the game is for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates.
3: Well, I'm going with a little bit off I'm going with Patrick Liney as the Oilers fourth star tonight for his big goal, game winning goal for the Edmonton
2: Oilers. I'm gonna go with Cam Talbot. He gets the win, twenty-nine saves of important stops in the third period. And one thing I think we want to talk about as we move along, Rob, is that Oddly enough, uh, I thought there were a couple of losses last week where the Oilers might have played better. Mm-hmm. And uh, been a little stronger than they than they were tonight. But sometimes in the one goal games, things even out. And Melissa is going to be up next on the phone line. We got to take a quick time out for the eleven o'clock news and weather. Is it ever going to warm up? It's Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast <coughs> Center. This Overtime. is
9: Overtime Open
0: Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brew House from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center. Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, six thirty, Chan
1: in from the left-hand side. It's Wheeler now 5-on-5. Five five. Lead pass right side. Smashed on it. A save made by Talbot against Brian Little. Cam Talbot, good game tonight. That's our save of the game
2: for Armour Insurance. Protect your car, home, and business with Armour at armor insur- ArmorInsurance.ca. Talbot on the season now 14-9-4. The Oilers are 15-11-5. and 5. And I mean, that third period Rob, 5-0-2 left. Jacob Trouba shoots the puck in Talbot goes behind the net to play it. It takes a funny shot, funny bounce off the glass and hits the outside of the goal post. I mean, that would have been as weird as the, as the line-a-own goal.
3: And then you in. throw in the, the disallowed goal by Cass- on Cassian. It would have been a, a very interesting night. It, just weird things happen. To me, though, the game change, and I get a lot of texts and I, I talk to a lot of people about Connor McDavid killing penalties, and a lot of people don't like it. Because they say, you know, he's going to get hurt, he's going to block shots. And I say, for me, all the great ones have penalty killed at some time. And, and to me, I, I like to see him situationally penalty killing. Put him, He doesn't have to penalty kill all the time, but there's times where your team needs a spark or you need a goal. That's when you have him out there. And tonight, he gets a breakaway while they're shorthanded. At the beginning of the third period, he gets penalty called. And eventually, on that power play, they score the goal to, win, to, to tie the game. So... For those that don't like Connor penalty killing, he is such an asset, such an, such an asset. And I, I, don't know if I don't believe that he's going to. I mean, it's hard to say he's never going to get hurt penalty killing, but he's smart enough not to be laying down, putting his body. Well, in the, the
2: line. injury last year was short <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but, but that mean. was had nothing
3: though. to do with the, the penalty kill part of it. But he, he's such an asset, and when he's out there penalty killing, the power play guys think differently. There's a bit of fear. They know they can't bobble a puck. If, if Pouliot's on the ice and you bobble the puck at the blue line, well, you know, I'll probably catch Pouliot. Or if Cassian's out there. Pro- but when, when you have McDavid out there, there's that fear. So you become a little more careful. And all of a sudden, you're not thinking so much offense as you're thinking, okay, prevent prevent Connor from getting a breakaway but him penalty killing tonight to me that's what turned this game around and allowed the Oilers to come back and get two points
2: Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Oilers win 3-2 over Winnipeg to sweep their three-game season series we have Melissa on the line who's going to finish the play with us but first Melissa what's on your mind
10: uh well I was I was at the game tonight and I just want to say it was pretty brutal like I don't I don't think they deserve to win at all so thanks for Winnipeg uh kind of keeping us in it but um i do want to say and this might be me but i saw two blatant interference um plays that did not get called like right before they got the penalty for for too many men so i just i wanted to know what you guys thought about that
2: on which on which team
10: Uh, against us Like, we had gotten two breakaways, and then there was two guys on, I don't remember who it was, but there was two interference calls that did not get
11: called.
2: Yeah, I I don't remember those specifically, Melissa, but I know there was a play in the second period, I think, it was either Nugent Hopkins or McDavid dumped the puck in and then tried to go down the left wing wall to chase it and got body checked about a second after he dumped it in. And if you compare that to what Larson got called for, Friday yeah. in Minnesota, it, 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 it is a little confusing sometimes. That, but the,
3: I, that one's tough because it's different referees have different interpretations. Sure. The one, though, that there was one, it was Dreisaitl got cross-checked, drilled into the boards uh, down into our left, so that would have been in the second period, no call. Now that one was a little shocked by, I mean, if, if Dreisaitl goes down, he's a big man, and he's not a guy that lays on the ice. He's not a guy that dives, flips, and flops. So to put down a man that big... It had to have been a pretty good force hitting them down, and that one wasn't called. That I was surprised by that one. But then again, like we said, with linesmen, referees, coaches, players, everyone makes mistakes, and right. there were some that were, were mistaken tonight by the referees.
2: Yeah, and Melissa, I, I think you, uh, I, I think you raise a good point. I, I, I didn't think the Oilers played great in their own end tonight. I, I thought at times they had it together. Once they got their attack going, I thought they did an okay job in the offensive end. But there were too many. Too many guys left open, and too many battles lost inside the blue line, and it was kind of a shaky final six minutes after they got the benefit uh, of, of the own goal, and that's why I, I give Talbot a lot of credit actually for how he played in the last six or seven minutes. Are you ready to? Oh, finish? for sure. Are you ready to finish <clears throat> the play? I sure am. Yeah,
10: I'm gonna
2: try. All right, <laughs> you can qualify for the grand prize. Draw thousand dollars to Integra Tire Auto Center. Visit Integra Tire to experience service you can trust. Integra Tire, experience integrity.
1: Dish off, Eberly back to Sekra just inside the blue line. Pounds it wide of the net. Rebound, Dry Settle. Handles on the right half boards. Feathers one across. 10 seconds, Sekra. Now Nugent Hopkins with McDavid having been pulled off. Dry subtle cross ice, wrist shot. That is late
2: in a period. Is that a crossbar by Eberly or a save by the Jets goalie, oh. Ellibuck? Crossbar,
10: crossbar. Sorry, I missed the last part you said.
2: Is that a save by Helibuck or Everly hitting the crossbar? Say crossbar. Say
10: crossbar. Oh, uh I think that's a save. Save crossbar. Say crossbar. Say crossbar. Oh, crossbar. <laughs>
1: Dish off. Eberle, back to Secra just inside the blue line. Pounds it wide of the net. Rebound. Dry Settle. Handles on the right half boards. Feathers one across. Ten seconds. Sekra. Now Nugent Hopkins with McDavid having been pulled off. Dry Settle. Cross-ice. Wrist shot off the crossbar. Eberle hits the
2: bar. The Oilers. Close on that chance. Uh, Melissa wins, finished the play tonight with a big assist from Rob Brown, and the Oilers wound up going one for three on the power play. The Jets were 0 for two. Uh, and, and I mean, Rob, we should. And Melissa, thanks for calling, by the way. That was a good call. We should talk about you mentioned the, the McDavid shorthanded breakaway uh-huh. that came after Cassian took the t- exactly the type of penalty you wouldn't want to take at t- the 20 minute mark of the second period. That's why the others were short handed to start the third.
3: Yeah, I mean, it, it was an aggressive penalty in the offensive zone. It, it, The thing that that sucked about it was he had just thrown a huge hit, got the whole crowd into it. Everyone's excited. And then he goes five seconds later and gets his arms up too high and, and takes a penalty. Now that, that could have been huge and costly because the, going into the third period, the Jets get to start on the power play. Everything's good for them. They score a goal, they extend a lead. And all of a sudden the Edmonton Oilers are in big trouble. Uh, that's why. That's when you throw Connor McDavid out and to try and change the complexion of the power play. But you just can't do that. You, just, you can't take silly penalties in games that are this big. And this was a huge game. And, and the reason why it's a, a conference game which are four-point games when you start looking at playoff implications. And this win for the Oilers, to me, is a, this was a 12-point series shift for the Edmonton Oilers. They get six points instead of going the other way. Winnipeg could have got six. This is huge when you start looking at the end of the year because I believe the Oilers are going to be fighting for a wild-card spot. I believe the Winnipeg Jets are going to be chasing, trying to get a wild-card spot. And if the Winnipeg Jets miss the playoffs by one, two, three, five, whatever points, they can look back to losing three games in a series to the Edmonton Oilers.
2: You you know, the the playoff positioning is interesting, and and in terms of staying in the top three in the Pacific Division, it's not great for the Oilers because of the games in hand. They're tied with Anaheim. The Ducks have two games in hand. The Oilers have played the same number of games as the Flames. The Oilers are a point ahead. Right now, the two wild card teams are San Jose and the Sharks. The Oilers are two points up on the Sharks. The bad news is the Sharks have three games in in hand the Oilers are five points up on Los Angeles the bad news is the Kings have four games in hand but here's the good news the best non-playoff team in terms of points is the Winnipeg Jets the Oilers are six points ahead of the Jets and have a game in hand Mm -hmm. now get this Nashville who some people had winning the Stanley Cup before the season and they're probably going to come on the the Nashville Predators have 28 points and they have four game they're 7 behind the Oilers and they have four games in hand the advantage for the Oilers is Nashville would have to win all four of those games in hand to pass the Oilers. So, I mean, I know people, are, we've talked to a lot of people, well, up and down, this is still a weakness, this is still a weakness. The Oilers have ground out enough points right now to be in a decent spot. All the teams have weaknesses. That's the thing
3: with the NHL. We, When you watch the Oilers play night after night after night, you see the weaknesses. You see them blow leads. You see them, their power play struggle. You see their shorthanded struggle. You see a dumb penalty. But all across the league, Every team's doing the same thing. Every team is blowing a lead late in a hockey game, letting one slip away. I guarantee you if we called every radio show and every city in the league and we say, how many times has Colorado blown one late in the game? How many points have the Pittsburgh Penguins thrown away? How many points have the, the, the Winnipeg? They'll all have a how number. How many games have
2: you lost 10 nothing? Yeah. Oh, just oh, the best team only. in the
3: league. <laughs> so so the, everyone, we just you, your heart and your emotion is so much invested in this team that you only see it happening your, to your team. But with all the warts that this team has and all the, the points they've thrown away and all of the, the, this, the this long, bad streaks where your second line hasn't scored and your best player went 10 games without a goal, the others are still in the playoff spot. They are still battling for a division title. They're still in the top half of the National Hockey League. The league is that close nowadays. And that's why it's exciting right now because every day you wake up, you are looking at the standings, you're looking at the teams that you're you're racing against for playoffs and you're seeing how they did the night before. We don't usually do that here in Edmonton. We haven't for a decade.
2: Oilers win 3-2 over the Jets. Paul Maurice takes a tough loss as the Jets coach. Here he is for Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions.
8: Paul, are you happy with the response that your club was able to come out and play with here tonight after the one in Calgary?
12: Yeah, I really liked the way we started. Um,
8: yeah, yeah I was. What do you say to Patrick, I guess, after a tough finish like that on the
12: deciding goal? Well, I didn't say anything to him. Uh, the right guys on the bench said something to him. Every, every guy in the National League has got a goal like that. Got one. Every defenseman goes in off him. Um, so he's got a story to tell now.
1: How certain
12: are you with the coach's challenge? Yeah, it was, well, I wasn't really certain at first because it's like looking through cheesecloth on the monitor on the bench there. So we took the the lid off it, and then I was pretty clear, yep. 32 and 60. No, I'm serious. Go stand over there and check it out <laughs> yourself. You're all looking at me like I'm crazy. Go stand. If you can see, you get, well, I only got one eye, so you're ahead of me. 32
8: and 60, you're finally done this stretch. Can you kind of evaluate where your team is at right now?
12: Yeah, not tonight. You know what? We, we had some really good parts in there, some great hockey, some really tough nights in there. That we just were behind the whole thing all night. Yeah. You get home, get a couple of days rest, and it's the first back-to-back days off since we've had since the 21st of October. So we have to reintroduce themselves to their kids and uh, enjoy a couple of days. We we'll get back to work.
6: Thanks, Paul. Okay, guys, thanks.
2: Paul Maurice. They were uh, hammered last night in Calgary, 6-2. And before we get to Dave on the on the, on the phone line, and we should touch. I mean, we're looking at it from an Oilers perspective. I said. And Melissa brought it up. Some some tough moments for the Oilers tonight, but I also think you have to give the Jets credit. They responded with some pride and 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 worked pretty hard. Made a lot of smart plays. They did.
3: I, I'm surprised that their their record is where it's at. I think they they should be better. Obviously, goaltending has not been uh, good for them this year, and, and probably a big reason they w- are where in the, where they are in the standings. But it was a good effort by them tonight, and uh, an unlucky goal against, and probably some unlucky breaks at the end where they didn't put one past hell but kept them from getting a point and, and you could hear you can always tell when, when you listen to a coach after the game other than a sutter because you get nothing from them but you can always tell at, after a game listening to a coach how he felt about his team not always in the words he says but in his demeanor and in his voice and you could hear right there with, with Maurice he was pretty excited the way his team played he was satisfied that they came out and gave the effort and it's not always about wins and losses it's about how you play, and I think they probably deserved a point tonight for the way that they played.
2: Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Dave on the line. Dave, thanks a lot for calling.
11: Hey, how's it going, you guys? We're doing well. Good, good. First time caller, long time listener. We appreciate it. Uh, so, uh, one point games is a topic tonight. You guys were just talking about that, and you were talking about it before the game started, mentioning we've been one one in three. All one point games minus one, I believe. Yeah. The, but um, yep. Yeah. But I remember last year, towards the end of the season, there was a stat. I, I I haven't gotten home from the game yet, but there was a stat where we were like five and five and twenty or whatever. It was something ridiculous that we lo- We lost that many one point games, and um, this season it seems like we're doing a bit better. And I really feel like that's going to be the difference maker. I've seen people complaining about uh, us not being beating the basement teams and to be a top team in the league you always have to win those games not just beating the tougher competition but against Vancouver or, or whoever's in the bottom at the current time. But I think if we keep winning these one point uh sorry one goal games it will make a difference in the long run and uh, I'm hoping we make the playoffs this year. It didn't look optimistic, great right, from uh, preseason. No one had the Oilers high up in the standings. But I really think if we're going to make playoffs, that's a uh, 500 above record we have to have. Yeah, if you well, guys last, agree with that? I just,
2: I just quickly brought it up. In one goal games last year, the Oilers were 14, 16, and okay. 8. So I was way but, off on but that. the but the eight no well the eight were still losses, right? So they're they only got thirty six percentage of the points available in, in one point game. So a little better than a right, because the so basically they were fourteen and twenty four if you just do wins and losses. Yeah. So yeah, they'll try to flip that around this year for you were at the game tonight? Yes I was. First one this year?
11: Uh no, I caught the first. I've been to like six or seven. Oh, I was that's at the tough. home opener. I was pretty pumped for that.
2: Right on. Dave, thanks for calling. I hope we can hear from you again, okay? Thanks. All right, the Oilers win at 3-2. When we get back, we're going to talk about how the Oilers should have reacted on that late power play because I was a little surprised mm-hmm. at a couple of things they did. They do get the win. We still have time to call us, 780-496-0063. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Live. Live from the Terry Perranić
0: Pratt- team, team Broadcast Center, this is Overtime Open Live. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.
1: Seconds. McDavid, open man, Lucic, left circle, wrist shot, save made by Helba. Rebound, Lucic, to McDavid, right circle, in front, quick shot, score! Mark Latestu again, bites the Jets. His fourth goal against Winnipeg this season. So that was the
2: goal Letestu actually put in directly, power play goal early in the third. It tied at 2-2, he got credit, For the line A own goal, the Oilers take it 3-2. First time this season, the Jets lose when leading after two. They fall to 9-1. The Oilers are now 2-8-1 when trailing after two. Oscar Kleffbaum also scored for Edmonton his fifth of the season. That's a new career high, along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. I, I just we, we should just tell people this, Rob. Maybe they've already seen it or people might be listening to us as they're getting ready for bed or whatever. But if you have a highlight loop show that mm-hmm. you want to watch before bed or watch in the morning or go online, uh, Minnesota and St. Louis tonight, there's a young guy at the game. Well, you know what? I had his name on Twitter and now I lost. But there's a young guy on at the game cheering for the Minnesota Wild. For, he was, he's, out, he's out of the Children's Hospital to watch a wild game. So he got to do a little pump-up thing for the crowd. And then he's being interviewed on the Minnesota TV broadcast while the game is going on. And the Minnesota Wild scored. And he <laughs> he's on the TV station celebrating the goal live with his favorite team, it was it was a pretty cool
3: moment. It was a cool moment and uh, good on him and good on the Minnesota Wild having him at the game and, and looking after him and, and having him become a star. For everyone here around christmas time
2: all right our adjustment of the game is uh should the oilers practice power plays with a one goal <laughs> lead for alberta's chiropractors life is the roughest game of all feel better move better live better with help from your chiropractor visit albertachiro.com we were talking about some of the sort of unusual penalty or penalties and plays in this game the jets getting a too many men on them with 202 left to go falls into that category as well and then I was wondering, okay, should the Oilers just pass the puck for two minutes and never shoot?
3: Yes. Yes, they should. Uh, and, and for a couple of reasons. First of all, the Winnipeg Jets want to pull their goalie. They're, they're down. It's a 5 on 4 power play for, for the Edmonton Oilers. The Jets need to pull their goalie. So the way they have to get to the pull, pull their goalie is they want you to shoot, they want to ice the puck, and then they want to get on a forecheck, pull their goalie out of the net. The, if you continue to keep the puck on the outside, and, and, and that's what they were doing at first. They just kept going around the outside. The Jets are chasing the pucks faster than any player. So they can keep chasing all you want. They're not going get to get the puck from you. You just can continue to keep the outside. But it kept going back to Sekra, and, and, and he kept shooting. And when he shot, then all of a sudden the rebound comes out. Then the Winnipeg's able to pick up the puck. And now that allows them to pull their goalie in. There's a great example of this a few years back when the Nashville Predators and the Chicago Blackhawks were playing in the playoffs. I believe Nashville was up 2-1 in the series. They were in Chicago with a minute something to go in the game. Chicago, uh, Chicago Blackhawks get a penalty. Nashville's on the power play with a lead. Martin Erat has the puck and Nashville's just passing around the hole outside. Martin Erat throws a blind pass in front of the net trying to get an assist to score a goal. Blackhawks Take the puck, they go down, they pull their goalie, and with less than 10 seconds to go, they score shorthanded. Go to overtime, they win in overtime. Nashville never won another game that series. All you have to do is keep it on the outside. You do not need to score again. Keep it on the outside, and that's what the Oilers should have done tonight because Winnipeg actually did get the puck and got it down yep. in the offensive zone. They got their goalie out and got a couple chances on, on, the, on the end zone entry. You don't need to score. You've got enough goals. Just keep it on the outside.
2: The Oilers do get three tonight, not quite enough for the Japanese Village Goal Light on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. We do turn it on whenever the Oilers score five or more. Then you can print up a coupon for a free appy at Japanese Village, downtown Southside and North Side in the city of Edmonton. Joanne is on the line. Hey, Joanne, thanks a lot for calling.
10: Yeah, I was just um, thinking about uh, Patrick Laine's goal, and I'm trying to figure out back a number of years in Edmonton, wasn't it Jason Smith that scored... <laughs>
2: Steve. Steve Smith. Oh, Steve Smith.
10: 1986,
2: Isn't yeah. That?
3: And that was a bit bigger a goal,
2: too. Yeah, not quite as... Uh, not they, quite they were the in
10: the situation. playoffs, were they not?
2: Yeah. Yes, game seven of the second round against Calgary, and it was the winning goal in the game and therefore in the series. It was a crushing goal for the Oilers. Now, he was passing it, and it hit Grant Fewer's leg and deflected it into the net. It wasn't the same sort of circumstance but it was an own goal that cost the oilers yes
10: but I, I hope that some of the winnipeg players remember some of these things so they can tell them because it's happened and it's happened in bigger games than this that's Absolutely. all i've got to say
5: Absolutely. If you, if
3: they, they showed some pretty good shots on the tv tonight of players going up to him on the bench and trying to get him through it every everyone makes mistakes it's it's unfortunate, though, with YouTube and TV now that that one's a mistake that we're going to see over and over and over again. But this kid is going to sco- score 40 goals this year. He's going to have 50 goal seasons in the NHL. And one day, he'll look back and he'll laugh at how dumb he was when he put the puck in his own net. But it'll just be a very small, small part of a very, very good career.
2: The Oilers do get the 3-2 win. They're 15-11-5 on the season, 3-1-3. and three. In the month of December, home game coming up on Tuesday against Columbus. You'll hear from Ryan Nugent Hopkins. We'll run down the other. The sport is when overtime. Mike, open it's line. You overtime the overtime Canadian. the Canadian Brew House from the
0: Terry Parenteau team, team Broadcast Center. Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio. Six thirty. Chan.
2: Well, one of the weirdest goals you'll see this season propels the Oilers to victory with eight thirty nine left. Mark Letestu takes a slap shot. Long rebound. Jets rookie Patrick Laine shoots it into his own goal. And the Oilers win 3-2. Your advantage trailer rental scoreboard reads like this. The Ducks hammer the Senators 5-1. The Flyers win their ninth in a row. one nothing in overtime over the Red Wings.
3: They're playing well. They, they, it's a team that I don't think anyone had expectations of challenging for a playoff spot. But you r- ring off nine in a
2: row, you put yourself right back in the mix. The uh, Wild win 3-1 over the Blues. Ovechkin gets his 13th, Holtby a 20-save shutout, Washington beats Vancouver 3-0, Rangers ring up the Devils 5-zip, Semyon Varlamov 51 saves as the Avalanche win 3-1 in Toronto. Toronto played I think
3: the last 4 or 5 minutes of that game without a goalie, they got a 5-on-3 power play, pulled their goalie to go 6-on-3 scored then pulled their goalie again and came very very close a couple other times they were all over Colorado at the end Colorado big response after
2: giving up 10 the night before. And Chicago wins on home ice 3-1 over the Dallas Stars. All right, back into the Oilers dressing room. Here's center Ryan Nugent-Hopkins.
13: How that goes on, but I mean it's just I mean it's definitely a nice uh, fortunate bounce for us. I mean Tessie did he put it on net and he, uh, he did make a, a good shot to uh, bring out the rebound like that, so it went in, so take it. You guys <laughs> had it. enough breaks
5: go against you that you're not going to throw anything back.
13: <laughs> exactly, we're, we're not going to give that one back to them, we're going to take that and, uh, and run with it for sure, it was, uh, I mean, like I said, no matter how you can get that, uh, the, uh, the winner there, it's uh, it's it's nice to get it done, and um, I mean, the, that line had a big uh, third period for us, so uh, good to see uh, them get rewarded at the end.
8: With, with the race as tight as it is, I can count you past you guys on Saturday, it's, uh, I mean, already you look at the standings and these points are crucial
13: they're huge i mean um it's nice to uh for me it's nice to be in in the fight right now and um i mean we're battling every night I, i mean every point's so big and um whether you can get it to overtime and give yourself a chance or um or like tonight i mean we don't we don't want to keep bringing it to overtime but uh, whether it's coming back from a goal or two I mean, uh, just got to find a way to get the get those points, uh, like you said it's a, it's a tight race right now and I think uh, we put ourselves in the lead here so uh, we just got to keep that rolling and uh, have a few uh, good games at home.
4: You mentioned coming back there it's a pretty big character when considering the goal that got disallowed, uh, the Cassian goal there in the second.
13: Yeah definitely, I mean uh, sometimes you can get a little discouraged from that um, especially when, I mean we weren't playing our, our greatest hockey in the second period by any standards, and uh, that, that goal by Cass kind of revitalized us. Even if it didn't count, I think it still helped us, I mean, uh, kind of get back on track, refocus a little bit, and uh, come up with a big third period effort.
4: Thanks, Ryan. Right, Read that's Ryan, Agent Hopkins.
2: Fred and Ulrich work in the Oilers dressing room 3 2. The Oilers win. You know, we've been making a lot of Nugent Hopkins face-offs. He was 64% tonight. He won 9 out of 14. And with four minutes left, Rob, I thought he made a great play being chased down by three Jets. He still got a shot away. Actually, I was
3: shocked with his speed. Uh, I, I thought, okay, they're going to catch him. They're, they got stick on him. And he continued to get stay away and put himself in a position to shield the defenders coming back and get a shot off. Uh, he played well. And I think when he does well in the face-off circle i'm sure that gives him confidence in the rest of his game if you're always going into the face-off circle and every time it's loss after loss and clean loss after clean loss eventually it wears on you and you start to lose confidence and it just affects the rest of your game so it was a good night for him in the face-off dot
2: bit of a reversal from what we usually see nugent hopkins goes 64 percent. mcdavid goes 54 percent. settle goes 47 percent, and latestu I'd have to go back and look. Probably his worst game of the year in the circle, 27%, but he got two goals, so that's how it goes sometimes. You know, tough one for the Jets, and, and we saw Blake Wheeler consoling Patrick Linea after the own goal. Here's Wheeler.
4: How uh, it happens at games, and how things like that can happen
0: because the game moves so quick.
6: Well, I guess when you're... It might be tough to relate, um, so I'll... I guess I'll break it down for you I really easily. Uh, you know, a rebound comes, yeah. Does a great job being back in defensive position, just trying to clear the front of the net, puts it in the net. Some guys it might be easy to not be sitting there waiting for us to get to them, but one sitting there ready to go kind of knows it's part of it. Answering the questions. And... Yeah, you, I mean, you. Yeah, it's it's you're right. It's part of it. It's part of uh, part of playing in this league. Um, you know, it's just you hate for. Uh, for a kid to have to answer those questions um like i said before you know he's a top five goal scorer in the nhl as an 18 year old uh, i think we we choose to focus on those things then uh just trying to make the right play and you know puts it in the wrong spot it was as simple as that what, uh, what happened
2: earlier in the second was it related to the hit or was it
6: something else yeah it was just uh need to get checked on
8: So kind of put into the words, you've finished this stretch, 32-60, and you're the first NHL team that's had to do that, just kind of where your club is at right now and how big these next few days are going to be for your club to finally get a break.
6: Well, you hate to to complain or use anything as an excuse, so I don't think we're going to sit here and do that. Uh, I think we're proud of the fact that after last night we, uh, you know, put a really solid effort in and... Gave ourselves an opportunity to win against a pretty dangerous hockey club. So uh, definitely not a favorable schedule, but uh, we're on the other side of it. And, you know, hopefully we can uh, get back to doing some some of the things we like to do here uh, after this little break.
8: How welcome is that, though, for this group just to finally get a bit of a breather here for a few days and not play until Thursday?
6: I mean, it's, uh, it's just, you, you just there's nothing left in the tank, you know. Uh, you keep pushing, you keep pushing, but uh, at a certain point in time, you know, we're human beings, so, uh, you know, that might have happened about three or four games ago. Um, we need to recharge here. Uh, got 50 hockey games left and um, still a lot to look forward to. Great.
2: Thanks, Scott. Johnson working the Jets dressing room tonight. The Oilers win it 3-2. You can get more on the Oilers page on 630 chedcom The goal scorers tonight... Two for Latestu, one for Clefbaum. Perot and Thorburn had the Jets goals. One of Latestu's goals uh, shot into the Winnipeg net by Winnipeg rookie Patrick Lining. All right, so the Oilers practice tomorrow and then another game coming up on Tuesday. They'll host the Columbus Blue Jackets. We'll have it for you on 6.30, Chad. 5.30 for the face-off show. The game will start at 7. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy and Patrick Bauer, our studio producers back at 6.30. TED tonight. Our engineer here at Rogers Place is Troy Bowler. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Paranich Team Broadcast Centre. The final at Rogers Place. The Oilers win a home game on a Sunday for the first time in this building. Edmonton 3, Winnipeg 2. Have a great night.
0: 630 Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at six on 630 Chad.